Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Safety and Health webcast, Safety Made Simple with Mobile Forms and Devices, sponsored by Pronto Forms. This is Alan Ferguson, Associate Editor of Safety and Health Magazine, filling in for Joe Bush, and I will moderate today's session. Thank you all for joining us. We'll start the presentation in a few minutes, but first, I want to go over some preliminary items. The views of today's speaker and organizations are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the National Safety Council or Safety and Health Magazine. Any mention of a commercial enterprise, product, or publication does not mean the council or magazine endorses those items. At the end of today's webcast, we will conduct a question and answer session. To ask a question, simply type it in the text box in the lower left-hand corner of your screen and click the button for Submit Question. Feel free to ask your question any time during the presentation. You don't have to wait for the question and answer session to begin. We'll try to answer as many questions as possible, but because of the large number of participants today, we might not get to every question. Any unanswered questions will be forwarded to today's speaker. For basic troubleshooting information, click the Help button located on your screen. At the end of the webcast, you'll be asked to complete a brief evaluation survey. And I will let you know more about that after the presentation. And this webcast is archived, so you can access it after today's live event. To view this webcast and all of our past webcasts, go to safetyandhealthmagazine.com slash events. With that, let's go ahead and get started. Our speaker today is Mark Scott, Vice President of Marketing at Pronto Forms. In more than 20 years in this field, Mark has developed and managed marketing strategies and projects for several companies and institutions, including Rolls-Royce Aerospace and the Canadian Space Agency. Mark has written articles on the topic of mobile apps and the cloud for Forbes magazine, as well as white papers for smartphone companies and wireless carriers, including AT&T and Apple. Also joining us today is Darby Brennan, Manager of Gas Technology Strategy and Planning at Pacific Gas and Electric Company in San Francisco. Darby has been charged with leading Mariner, a major technology program that modernized gas transmission, asset management, and maintenance systems, integrating mapping functionality with core SAP systems. Prior to joining PG&E, Darby worked in leadership roles with Accenture and Slalom Consulting, specializing in ERP technology implementation and program management office transformation. Mark, whenever you're ready, go ahead and take it away. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate that intro. Uh, so just a quick overview of um, what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm going to start the presentation uh, with an overview of uh, a survey that we did uh, with uh, over 400 companies to learn about uh, best practices related to adopting technology uh, to improve compliance and improve overall environmental health and safety. Um, and that portion of the presentation is going to take, uh, I'm going to say about 20, 25 minutes. And then from that point on, I'm going to bring in Darby, um, who is a customer of Pronto Forms, and we're going to talk about their experiences, uh, some of the challenges that they're facing, um, and how they use technology, including Pronto Forms, to help address some of those uh, challenges. So some of the things that uh, we expect that you're going to uh, learn from the presentation today 
is uh, how mobility, so applications, uh, mobile devices, you know, so I'm sure pretty much everyone sitting in on this webinar has got, you know, an iPhone or an iPad at their desk. How do you use these devices and applications to your advantage? How do you equip people out in the field to be uh, more proactive and participate uh, in helping you meet compliance? Uh, so, it, and the idea of introducing mobility is, you know, not just a technical thing. Like I said, it's about basically getting people to participate in a more proactive way. So getting these programs to reach far and wide throughout the organization. Uh, and where are you going to see ROI? So what are some examples that we've seen? And again, this presentation and webinar is not solely related to Pronto forms, but how this type of technology, how mobile devices, applications, the cloud, and analytics, what kind of payback do you get uh, to your organization uh, from a productivity perspective, uh, from a you know penetration of having more and more employees aware um, of compliance-related issues, uh, safety standards, and actively participating uh, to make your organization safer. So we usually start off these presentations by just giving a little bit of background on Pronto Forms because, you know, we're not a global brand yet. Uh, we're growing very rapidly. Uh, but people want to understand, hey, who are these people? You know, where did they come from? And I, I like to use the term that's very popular. You can tell a lot about a person or a company um, based on the friends they keep. Uh, and in this case, uh, we've got some great customers, but we also have got some great business partners that really define, um, you know, I would say from a credibility perspective, our role in the industry and our role in terms of introducing mobile applications uh, into, uh, into businesses and organizations of all different sizes. A uh, quick shout out to our friends at Apple. Uh, Apple is actually a co-sponsor uh, of this webinar with us. Um, the reason Apple has selected us as a, a key go-to-market partner in a program that they call uh, the MPP Partnership or Mobility Partner Program is that Apple recognizes that um, organizations purchase devices uh, once they've identified what type of software is going to make a difference out in the field. Uh, they don't just you know, go out and buy two, 3,000 iPads for their employees. Uh, these you know, organizations look at, hey, what application am I going to be using to resolve which series of problems? And once they've made, made that decision, then they go out and buy these devices. And of course, combined uh, these applications with these devices, you've got a powerhouse of capability out in the field. Uh, another key thing, as I mentioned, you know, you know, a good reputation capital comes from not only the partners that we have, um, out there, but also uh, the caliber of customers that use our solution. There are uh, other mobile forms companies out there. There's lots of great companies. It's becoming a very strong emerging business, and we love the competition. What sets us apart, though, is we, we are really an enterprise-grade uh, solution. We have enterprise-grade capabilities, um, and the type of customers that use our solution uh, everything from, uh, of course, uh, Pacific Gas and Electric, who will be interviewing on this uh, webinar, but also companies like Amtrak, Obayashi, which is one of the largest um, 
construction engineering companies in the world, Halliburton, uh, world's largest uh, oil and gas supplier, and many, many more. So we just wanted to give, you know, just a sampling of different types of companies. So that's who we are. And just to jump into the actual presentation, as I mentioned at the kickoff, um, we actually do a survey. Uh, we've done it three years in a row now. Um, and in that survey, we typically get somewhere between 400 to 500 participants. Um, and the focus of that survey is um, from an environmental health and safety perspective. Um, when you're trying to meet compliance, how are you adopting key technologies and what are those impacts in adopting those technologies to help you meet compliance? Um, I urge you uh, to, you know, uh, after this webinar to go to our website. It's uh, in our library of, uh, of materials, so you'll be able to actually see it, download it, and go through it. It's a great way to see what your peers, um, the stage that they're at in terms of introducing uh, this new technology. Uh, and some of the benefits that they're uh, gaining from adopting the latest, greatest technology. Um, the nice thing about the survey is it's very similar to our customer base. We've got customers uh, far and wide, um, everything from, you know, medium-sized businesses all the way to uh, larger enterprise global companies. And um, so we had a very diverse participation uh, within that uh, 466 participants, uh, and not only different sizes of companies, but of course different levels of employees through executives participating, as well as a very diverse group of industries. Our solution um, is used, of course, uh, across uh, everything from uh, field services management to asset uh, enterprise management, uh, preventative maintenance, um, in um, the transportation, from the facility operations, uh, utilities, oil and gas, um, multiple industries, multiple use cases. And what we're very pleased of when we get the survey back is to see the diverse type of responses we get um, uh, from different types of industries. Because we know also on webinars like this, there's, uh, you know, not everyone is coming from the same type of business or the same size of business. Some people are from, you know, state government or federal government or from, uh, you know, supplier, could be service supplier to the oil and gas industry to, you know, could be a railway transportation or services company, you name it. Um, so what have we learned in terms of the survey um, you know, the opportunities for safety automation. And there's, there's three different categories, but uh, I think the learnings every year we, we see trends, but we also see some key themes coming across. One of the, the things that we see is from an operations perspective, the objective is to how do we increase employee participation? How do we get um, uh, employees who do not work within um, you know, the safety operations of a company, but, you know, out in the field, how do we get a deeper sense of awareness and understanding of uh, safety and how do we actually uh, nurture and get them to actually participate? Um, next would be ensuring employees, um, their work certifications, um, so the type of training and 
knowledge that they need to have, make sure it's up to date uh, and does not expire. And um, that transfer of responsibilities, and when I say transfer of responsibilities related to safety, it's not to shirk, as you know, but this is the struggle of every safety professional we speak to, is to get that thinking imbued throughout the organization and empower uh, people out in the field to actively take part uh, in those best practices as well. So from an administrative perspective, uh, one of the key opportunities of introducing these type of technologies is embed safety as part of everyday business processes. Um, so if you've got people out doing different types of service or different types of work, actively making safety as part of it and being able to have safety checklists as part of their everyday work order or their maintenance, um, uh, the maintenance that they're doing on a daily basis or prior to starting up a large piece of, a, you know, of, of equipment before you know, a driver gets in and starts using it, he does his walk around and he does his safety check. These are the abilities that you can not only introduce, um, but you can actually track and manage these capabilities to see what level of success uh, over time as you're introducing uh, these abilities to everyday employees out in the field. You can see how you're progressing and trending. Um, and then, of course, you know, being able to access uh, documentation, articles, updates, information, uh, even information, you know, could be uh, in the form of help videos. I, hey, I service this piece of equipment or I do a safety check on this piece of equipment once a year. It's relatively foreign. So imagine having access to a YouTube video so you can quickly directly on your tablet, directly as part of the form to not only explain why it's important, but what are certain things that you have to pay attention to. And of course, analysis, um, the beauty of using technology versus the old-fashioned paper world or using um, an ad hoc mix of Excel, digital cameras, email, paper notes, and fax machines is um, not only having the data in its purest form, not having to go through uh, people manually entering it into systems at a later date, uh, but having that data real-time, having that data without any interference and or data errors introduced uh, allows you to do your job in a more proactive way. Uh, and really that's why you know, everyone's here is if they can figure out how to introduce this type of technology to make them you know, empower them to, you know, be more rapid in their decision-making, identify issues related to individuals or groups or regions in a quicker way um, that makes you better at your overall job. Also, um, the level of detail that you can get using this type of technology, everything from geostamping to photo evidence to time stamping to signatures of, you know, local foremen on job sites, um, you know, integrating, you know, weather into uh, weather conditions into forms and temperature. Uh, the level of detail, the level of rich information um, lets you bolster and add a lot more uh, compelling information uh, to demonstrate that you're, you know, doing your job um, the way you're supposed to be doing it and to provide you with the evidence uh, when and if you're ever audited 
uh, you have that at your fingertips in the sense of a, a dashboard or the ability to pull some very deep, rich reports. So some of the key results um, and, you know, above and beyond the, the, the uh, multiple choice responses that we get uh, in terms of where these 466 organizations are in terms of adopting different types of technology and what type of issues and challenges they're facing, um, the notes and feedback that we collect are great in terms of how companies are, you know, benefiting um, from introducing uh, mobile applications, devices, and cloud capabilities. So embedding safety checks um, uh, into field operation forms uh, just shows progress and compliance, uh, and that's what everyone's striving for. Um, you know, being able to, through analytics, to prioritize where to focus attention. So there's always issues that you have to deal with. The question, you know, that nags people on this webinar is, are you focusing in the right area at the right time? Are you, you know, so being, having those analytics reports and those da dashboards to identify where are the issues more, uh, you know, where are those flare-ups and how do you deal with them? That data is invaluable for helping you prioritize different decisions of where you focus you and your team's efforts. Um, and then, of course, you know, you've got different types of regulatory reporting, uh, and um, you want to have a tool out there that empowers people out in the field that they feel the tool is adding value to their daily work. And if there's a sense and feedback that you're getting that, um, oh, the people out in the field are too tasked already, adding layers of, you know, security questions uh, or safety questions to them is going to labor them even more. Uh, so we have to have a safety person show up and do this every single time. Um, you know, if you can, by introducing this type of uh, technology, reduce the effort and time putting into it uh, and still improve and, you know, be better at your you know, compliance, then you're moving, obviously, in the ultimate right direction. Uh, the other key thing is um, you and your teams collect this vital information, but this data has to be shared with different stakeholders in different ways. Um, so what we've learned in servicing so many different companies in this, you know, who have needs in this space is that um, the flexibility and the agility of being able to move um, you know, safety information from the field to different cloud destinations, to different uh, stakeholders in a very rapid way, uh, and be able to move that information either in different types of languages or by different regions. You have uh, different reporting requirements uh, or different formats. Uh, so let's say the final um, material has to be submitted in a version control, you know, paper format. We can replicate that uh, from a PDF per, you know, as an example. So uh, the, the data you collect is not static. The data you collect is not solely used in a monthly meeting. Imagine that that data can be used uh, in very simple workflows to be sent to um, different teams and could even trigger different types of actions. And that, that's the key is once that data becomes portable, it becomes uh, incredibly valuable and useful 
to your organization. Um, and then ultimately, and we've touched on this a few times, but we know this is you know, one of the key goals uh, that's brought up uh, through customers that are looking to adopt this technology and they come to see us is, how do we transfer more responsibility to people out in the field? Uh, and like I said, if it's done in the right way, if it's uh, integrated into you know, their daily, daily tasks and what their work is, and it becomes seamless and easy for them to use and it becomes a tool that makes them more productive, uh, it's something that gets adopted much quicker. So um, I guess you know, some of the things that we found out in the survey is, of course, there's lots of different uh, people that participate in uh, safety. But if you look at um, how frequently a supervisor is at a field location or a safety inspector is at a field location versus uh, you know, field worker or equipment operators, uh, there's a massive difference. So who better than uh, the person who's in the field from the beginning of the workday or the beginning of their shift to the end of their shift uh, who is observing and or using equipment and or involved in key processes uh, that do have a safety component to actively be involved uh, to participate um, uh, in uh, these safety checks uh, as part of their daily work. So what do we see in terms of uh, barriers to participation? So what, we, what we've seen is um, training, of course, and, and what we're going to do is on the next slide, we're going to show uh, from a technology perspective, how do we fit into this? We don't do everything. Our area of expertise um, uh, is very specific on the tools that we give to you. Uh, we're not safety experts from a regulatory perspective, but we're experts at, like I said, making you collect that data and leverage that data to your advantage. But those key areas are training. So you, you really, as everyone knows here, safety is all about training, 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 make sure there's an awareness, make sure people understand what they need to do. Tools, um, you could have the best tools in the world, but if they're not designed to be easily adopted and used, um, then uh, you've, got a, a, you've got an issue if you've spent a lot of time on a project and you're not seeing it take flight, uh, you know, no one wants to bear that burden. And of course, the human factor. And this is where uh, if the tools provided add value versus our burden, um, then you're going to see people in the field become champions of using these tools. So um, as I mentioned, there are elements of um, where we participate and where we don't. And we, you know, again, there's lots of very sophisticated uh, senior people on this webinar um, who are looking at this and say, well, that's a bit of an oversimplification. We're definitely at 35,000 feet. But what we like to do is break this world into two areas, which is the, you know, the safety program, which is the planning and the training, and then the program execution, uh, which is you know, tracking, remediation, prevention, and compliance reporting. Our expertise is providing you those capabilities, the tools, the, um, you know, everything you need to be successful in the program execution. Uh, and there are phenomenally great consulting groups, tools, and uh, systems on the safety programming side, but that's just not the, the space that we play in. 
So um, just very quickly, I'm uh, going to talk a couple of product slides, then we're going to jump into and we're trending pretty good in terms of time. So I'm uh, going to move towards the interview with uh, Darby from PG&E. But uh, very quick, um, our solution is uh, really designed to help you, um, you know, adopt uh, and get safety permeated through your organization. We do that through a very simple, um, you know, mobile application that's, if someone knows how to use Facebook, they'll know how to use our solution. Oops, I jumped ahead a little bit there. Um, and we've got, of course, great compliance capabilities back in the office. You can track, are you trending? Are you working in the, in the, you know, the right direction? And, you know, tracking your overall success. So, um, going to jump into an actual workflow of how our solution works very rapidly. Oops. There we go. So um, essentially a safety inspector will either be dispatched uh, some work that they need to do either from the office, uh, from their supervisor, could be an IoT sensor. They um, basically, um, you know, they, they do their work out in the field, and that work can be, I'll use one example, inspecting a piece of equipment. Uh, and when they do that uh, inspection, there could be a pass-fail. Uh, so like I said, we'll keep it at a simple way for now. The beauty of the solution is that you can trigger a series of um, flows or workflows of data based on uh, what happens at that point. If it's a pass, it can simply and automatically uh, send a you know, PDF document to an operations supervisor and a safety manager saying all is good. And if there's a fail, there could be a notification by SMS to a supervisor who can say, hey, I've got to trigger some, you know, emergency service, get that piece of equipment uh, fixed right away. Um, of course, that data can automatically um, and in parallel be shared and sent to a variety of different uh, cloud systems and integrated into either your backend systems and or in a very simple point-and-click way into um, storage areas like Box, or we've got, you know, uh, you know secure HTTP and or FTP uh, connections that you can use as well. And, um, of course, you can create dashboards that you can share, as well as reports that can be automatically scheduled and routed. So, uh, just one quick thing is a, I did mention uh, Apple is a big supporter of us. We do a variety of live events with Apple. We do webinars like this. Um, we, we do uh, content like uh, eBooks and white papers on uh, how to improve productivity or, of course, uh, health and safety in the field. And, and we're great champions of iOS devices. Um, our customer base is pretty close to 70% on iOS. Um, uh, great solutions, uh, great portfolio of different devices of all different sizes, everything from, of course, iPhones all the way through a mix of different uh, types of iPads, everything from the Mini to the iPad Pro. Um, and really above and beyond, um, you know, just great, beautiful devices. Um, when you're launching an endeavor like this, uh, the adoption 
is key. So the beauty of Apple is they are the king of usability, as we know. So great user interface. From an enterprise perspective, Apple is, uh, spends a lot of um, effort and has very sophisticated, uh, sophisticated tools to, of course, manage users, uh, but also it's a very secure platform. Um, of course, there are advantages of uh, unifying on one platform. Uh, our solution, of course, works across different platforms. Apple knows that as well. Um, but, you know, there are, in some cases, uh, benefits of being on one. Uh, and, um, of course, there's a, you know, broad ecosystem of different accessories, tools, software um, that are enterprise and also um, very basic tools that complement ours as well uh, directly on the iPad. So, um, it's, we're about 28 minutes after the hour, and I'm going to jump into the section of the presentation that generally we get the greatest feedback on, which is the uh, interview with uh, a customer, and we've got Darby Brennan on, and I'll just do a quick hello to Darby, make sure audio's good, you can hear me okay? Hey, Mark, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Excellent, Darby. Well, welcome. Hey, so Darby, just um, to to kick it off, uh, maybe if you can just give us a short little introduction about um, yourself and your role over at PG&E. Sure. Yeah, my my role over at PG&E now is I I manage the uh, planning and portfolio management for all of the the gas technology initiatives we we have from a uh, from an IT perspective. I'm along with the line of business, and I, um, I I I run the partnership between our IT organization and our our gas operations uh, or organization. I uh, I came to know Pronto through a. Uh, a, pr a program I ran over the last few years called Mariner, and it was actually a uh, very large IT program where we we ha actually had over a hundred fifty million dollar budget, and it was the result of a pipeline, a gas pipeline safety incident that occurred in uh, two thousand ten. We had a uh, thirty inch gas transmission line rupture uh, in the, uh, the the a sub a suburb outside of San Francisco uh, called San Bruno, and as a result, there were uh, over um, there was 12 lives lost, and uh, where th 38 homes were were destroyed as a result of that. Uh, the NTSB and the Department of Transportation performed a, an investigation, and one of the key findings of that investigation was, um, you know, beyond the the, the the physical reasons for the the pipeline failure, one of the uh, one of the things that we could have done better to prevent the incident was improve our record keeping. The Mariner program was a technology program designed to to directly and very aggressively address that. What we did was, in order to increase records, we needed better visibility to our asset information. So where are our assets? What do they consist of? When have they been put in the put in the ground? And also, what is what is the what is the plan maintenance associated with it? What corrective maintenance have we done associated with with, with that particular asset? And um, how do we maintain compliance? The key driver of our ability to do that. We we ended up updating our upgrading our SAP system to improve our asset information. We integrated it with our our mapping system, our GIS system. But really, the key thing that that makes it all work is how do we validate as much work where it physically occurs? The way we do that 
is we we really found a need to improve our our form our form capabilities. Now the challenge with that doing it in, in an SAP environment and you're creating large as bit as built files that 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 tell us how our assets are constructed, the real key is being able to get the, the form information. So where we focus and where we, we, we're really challenged in being able to deploy this technology and actually digitizing forms um, in a way that was not – it wasn't even a question of cost effectiveness or ease of implementation. It was just we were digitizing the right forms in a way that, that made sense from a compliance perspective and a safety perspective was really challenging. And that's where Pronto came into play. We, we first looked at our – atmospheric corrosion mechanics, and we piloted a, a, a quick solution with that. and really gave us um, a, a real easy way to implement this a, a digitized form that is able to get atmospheric corrosion meter readings um, and really fulfill some of our key compliance information. And we, we found a lot of ways to get that into, get that information into SAP. And what really worked for us was the, the solution was pretty easy to implement. We were able to implement it quickly and, and fairly easily. We were able to get really good feedback from the users in real time, and we were able to make changes quickly. Uh, the Kind of the icing on the cake for it was it, it really didn't cost that much to implement, especially relative to the cost of the, the major capital components of the program. Amazing. Hey, so on, on that uh, Darby, like the atmospheric corrosion, I think that was, I'd say, like kind of the big kickoff use case that we started with PG&E. What's, mm -hmm. what's the volume of gas meters? Uh, and I believe you guys do it in a relatively short period of time each year. But what's the roughly the amount of, you know, inspections you guys do? Well, literally it's in the thousands. And so we have we have about 1,200 users, and they're they're tasked with each performing, um, you know, in addition to their the other the other tasks that make up their work, they're they're each tasked with performing several hundred uh, several hundred meter inspections on a on a, on an annual basis. And so within our within that user base, we we you know we're generating a a relative high transaction volume from a compliance perspective. Darby, you still there? Yeah, I'm. I'm still here. Yes. Okay. Uh, no, sorry, I just got a gap there for yeah. like one second. So yeah. yeah, so keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have a relatively high transaction volume. So the ability to, do, I mean, the real challenge, and you know, kind of looking at that from the perspective of being able to validate that work and actually ca capture that work electronically and being able to upload it to into our into our enterprise systems and interface with the enterprise systems being able to do that out in the field of the source work if you if you kind of to give you the perspective here's our old process our legacy process where i was an ac meter reader i would go out in the field i look at that at atmospheric corrosion meter and it really and the, the purpose of that is to prevent corrosion within our within our pipeline assets I'd go out there, I'd fill out a paper form, I'd go back to my truck, I'd go on to the next to the to the next site, do the do the reading. And then at the end of the day I'd go back to the yard, I'd hand a sack of paper to a clerk, which is all the forms, all the all the inspection forms. That clerk over the next hopefully the next day, if not a two to three day period, would would go through their backlog of forms and be, you know, very physical, very paper, very you know, a lot of 
multiple people touching it, a lot of opportunity for 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 error and and potential compliance compliance issues. And if we don't have, I mean, the key the key thing about this process, it's not a this is not a paperwork compliance exercise. I mean, the you know corrosion is one of the biggest risks to to asset failure within our within our area. So having having accurate and timely information and the ability to then generate notifications if corrective action needs to be taken is a really is really a key part of that that process, particularly in this use case. So having having that process digitized and the ability to generate follow-on notifications as a result that it literally saved, first of all, the the field user satisfaction was was off the charts. Anecdotally, they're immensely happy by it. They knew that the work was they they knew that they're getting the meter in, they knew it was getting in the system, and it was usually in before they before they started the truck and moved on to the next to the next job site. So having that the speed the speed of the process is one thing, but also reducing the number of touch points and the number of potential data failure points or inaccuracy records failure points was was a was a tremendous benefit on our side. Amazing. It's great. Hey so I'm gonna wanna touch on because like you jumped into like a great detailed overview and and what we see with PG&E is um i would say pretty strong similarity in terms of um you know gaps that uh, the company's trying to fill and you know in our discussions that we've been having including today it uh, really seems to align with those you know those key areas where we really help um, you know, we mm -hmm. really help you guys do your job better. And I, the three areas that we see um, are that agility, and I'll call that that agility really comes from being a mobile, you know, mobile first solution. So when you, like what you described, and we hear it from, I don't care if it's in the aviation business, if it's the, you know, utilities, oil, gas, or if it's in transportation, is that the legacy systems, uh, and these are great systems if you've got, you know, an enterprise asset management system or GIS, uh, APM system, you name it. Um, these systems were designed, you know, prior to, you know, as I mentioned, everyone having on these, one of these webinars, everyone having an iPhone in their pocket or an iPad, you know, in their van. So they weren't designed as yep. mobile first and generally the you know the let's say the the solutions that sometimes are attempted by these companies and they're great like we're partners with a bunch of these companies we only say glowing things about them but generally they're they seem to lack uh that agile mobile front end that allows you to take advantage of these you know applications and consumer grade devices that are state of the art so that's one thing and i'm just curious your feedback on that well, that is that is precisely our our experience, and I think the real the real challenge for us is um, having a legacy enterprise platform such as we do. And I mean, we've been an SAP customer for over twenty years. We are uh, one of the, I believe, we're one of the first utilities to 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 deploy SAP. And I think the the challenge you see in our you know as exactly as you said, Mark, is that over the over the last couple of years, this mobile first mobile first approach is really taken taken on even as a matter of fact we we started a mobility center of excellence over the last couple of years and they're taking a product management or they're they're doing a lot of work to generate mobile solutions i would say even a lot of the work we've done with pronto initially was a 
a prototype or a pilot to to kind of understand where some of the key needs are. And even then, they use this this group we call them Digital Catalyst. They use a lot of our findings from our experiences in deploying uh, Pronto forms, deploying these these mobility strategies out to our our field users. Is really giving them some key learnings as they as they try to try to improve our, our overall, because really our mobile strategy too, it's it's directed in how we use mobile technology in the field. We're actually, because of our, our, our impetus for safety and compliance, our focus from a mobility strategy standpoint is enabling, is technology enablement in the field, utilizing whatever yep. whatever mobile mobile techniques we have. Yeah, agree. And that, and that's the, you know, a very strong theme uh, out there for anyone in the field is this enablement is, is give these field workers a tool that empowers them uh, and just yeah. makes them, you know, makes the tool, makes them feel good about the tool because it it's adding value to their work. It's not drudgery to use. So that simplicity, that adaptability, plus also the familiarity of these devices, right? I mean, people are... So the more, and that's why we always work, and you know, Apple's a big proponent and supporter, and they've worked with our engineers from a, you know, user experience, simplifying that overall, that overall use and design of the interface of the, the solution itself. Yep. It, exactly, in our privacy, I mean, you, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, and I'm using air quotes here, our previous quote, mobility strategy was we had, we were deploying regularized laptops, which was <laughs> out, out in the field. And, you know, there are these large, you know, nine, 10 pound bricks. It's a wind, it kind of a watered down windows experience, poor performance. Uh, you have to go back and physically reconnect, you know, really a lot of, a lot of challenges out there. And so, you know, the, the, Creating the you know, the real the real challenge that we faced was you know how do we green, bring the consumer grade experience to 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 this mobility to to our field users and really the only the only challenge we had and which we were able to overcome is that there there are certain user groups that 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 work in gaseous environments and therefore require an intrinsically safe device so fortunately the the solution there are solutions out there now that can render even consumer grade devices particularly the iPad intrinsically safe so we're able to even, we're able to even overcome that hurdle amazing yeah agree that we yeah we've seen and and we always get questions you know um uh, because uh, some of our customers including uh, you know shell and others uh, are strong proponents of using iPads and we get questions saying, oh, they're not intrinsically safe. There are, there are solutions, wraps, and, you know, cases that basically make these solutions safe to be used uh, yep. in, in those type of work scenarios. Hey, so here another um, thing that we're seeing and, and bringing up these commonalities, and it's really in line with our discussions, is, you know, these maintenance uh, and service records is, um, we're seeing that as a challenge, and we see where uh, that agility of our solution adds that, you know, that value of making these records, you know, let's say more detailed, more accurate, adding, I'll call it, um, let's say, rich data to, to make those records, really make them come alive. There's, you know, taking advantage of all the capabilities um, of these devices and applications to make your maintenance records even more robust maybe if you can mm -hmm. you know what's your reaction to that 
Well, Mark, I think you actually touched on really well how we expanded our, our use of Pronto once we had a, a successful with our our AC inspection teams is we really started to bring those out. Like we, we started to expand our use of Pronto into what we consider our core forms. Like our our our, our core fundamental form, a maintenance form, is 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 called an A form, and really it's a it's a very lengthy paper paper form that captures a whole plethora of information. And what we managed to do as uh, as we as we deployed the latter part of Mariner was to use Pronto to actually uh, convert this form and to use it in other other groups. Like for example, our our, our rectifier forms were, were were converted to Pronto. Our A forms were converted to Pronto, and we're capturing key. Uh, Key, key maintenance information in SAP because I think the from a from a safety perspective and a, above and beyond compliance from a safety perspective, the key thing for us is to be able to we do our our plan maintenance on a on an asset and we 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 complete the the, the required form information but a lot of times if we're doing a routine in, inspection or routine plan maintenance there'll be some other abnormal operating condition that is found or some some corrective some corrective item that is found and the ability to create a follow on to to capture that information and create a follow on notification is really key but more important as well is being able to to capture really good you know snap of really basic stuff being able to snap a picture of the the valve or the piper saying, "Hey, this, hey guys, we need to fix this," and being able to to provide really robust information, you can do two things: you can geotag it, and you can snap a picture, and you can provide additional, really good additional contextual information. That Pronto makes it really easy to to, to capture and, more importantly, integrate into our our systems. Great, yeah, and and so that's. You know, again, this layer of agility that we, being a mobile, you know, mobile-first company, but also um, that workflow capability. And I guess that's a, you know, the the last little, you know, feedback I'll ask you on is one last point, and it's kind of connected to that. It's connected to, you know, the complexity of compliance reporting. And if, you know, you touched on it at the beginning, but there's a, you know. Regulations, as well as different, you know, there's a whole series, as everyone knows, obviously, different types of, you know, compliance reporting. Some can be, you know, service related. Of course, some can be asset inspection related. But um, the the level of detail, the frequency, and the variation of compliance reporting. What we're hearing from customers very frequently. You know, customers, you know, similar size to PG&E, and I, I'm getting this similar sense from you as well, is that agility and compliance reporting, being able to reproduce um, information in certain document formats and or use that workflow to distribute and or track and measure with an analytics capability to understand, mm -hmm. you know, where where are the greater risks related to, let's say, more rapid corrosion and or, you know, you know, let's say safety checks not being done by certain work groups at the frequency they should be. Maybe if you have a bit of feedback on that. Oh boy! Um, yeah, there's there's a, there's a <laughs> lot there's a lot we're doing <laughs> there's a lot we're doing around that. It's really one of the key. Uh, it's really one of the key areas that. We, 
which we're we're moving we're moving forward on. Kind of our our, our end state vision for mobility within our uh, our asset our asset management and maintenance capability is what we call um, mobile as building, and really the key is is you know we want to be able to capture as much information. Yeah, I talk about I keep on talking about this like capturing as much information about the job where the where the actual work is work is performed. And we're our our plan is to take that take that even further whereas that you know, being able to pull in survey information, being able to pull in um all of the all of the as built-in information as we're as we're doing the work. So if we're you know repairing a section of pipe and you know the the job packet, you know digitizing as much of the job packet, the as built job packet as possible. Because the key thing is that you know you talk about the analytics here and you know the compliance the compliance reporting and the way our the way our process works is that we have kind of the virtuous cycle of our our asset maintenance function really dri- is driven by it's the, the the construction work we do drives into what feeds into what I call our, what is called our integrity management function, which is how we it's a risk based work planning methodology where we we determine our our maintenance planning for the for the upcoming work cycle by by determining based on a risk based complete risk based planning method. It's where is the asset located? So is it in a, a highly populated what we call a high consequence area where there's you know a school or a, a population center or an area where if there is a safety incident, it could have a obviously a, a horrible adverse effect. And also, you know, what is the current what is the current condition of the asset based on the plan and corrective maintenance? And the key the key driver the key thing that's going to that one of the key concepts we want to drive through in this uh, this mobile as built-in feature is materials traceability. Is one of the things we did we did we were able to pilot at the transition on the transmission side coming out of Mariner is that we were able to um, uh, implement batch material traceability. In our in our transmission assets above a, above six, sixteen inch and above, and we want to expand that further. But one of the key thing, key things we need to do to be able to do that is to capture more data. So when you're to invoke materials traceability, is being able to capture either by a barcode, QR code, even we're looking at sensors and bots and things like that to as a kind of a pie in the sky version of it. But those are the mobility element is what's going to enable it. Great, great feedback. So, Darby, I'm looking at the time, and we're at ten two. So, we're, I think mm-hmm. what we're going to do is jump into the Q and A. I'll ask you to stick around in case some of the great. the guests have questions for you. But you're fantastic. Just love the uh, the the discussion and, and feedback that we had there. So, um, so I'll just uh, just one last quick summary before I push it back to. Um, to Alan, uh, which is, uh, so just wanted to, you know, remind everyone went through kind of the whole gamut of, you know, looking at the survey, which you can find on our website, looking at where your peers are in their journey of adopting technology, looking at the importance of um, making safety something that every employee uh, or person within your organization should be considering. And if you use the right tools, if you introduce the right technology, um, you know, you can empower your organization to be safer. And, and we love 
having guests like uh, you here, Darby, because this is like it's in everyone's best interest. There's not the sense of competition that I want to be out, you know, safer than my my peer in a different utility in a different state. You're, you're yeah. sharing best practices. You're sharing best practices. Exactly. Good for good for everyone. So I really appreciate it. Exactly. So Alan, back to you, and we'll we'll jump into the the Q and A. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, great job, Mark. Uh, thank you uh, for your excellent insights and expertise, and, and thank you as well, Darby. Before we start the Q&A, I want to remind everyone of the evaluation survey we're asking you to complete. Uh, the survey should be appearing on your screen. Your input is important because it will help us improve future webcasts. If you do not see the evaluation survey on your screen, please turn off your pop-up blocker. You may also access the survey by clicking the survey button near the lower right part of your screen. Now let's get to some questions. Is there a PC desktop interface for the reports or general interface so the uh, mobility users can access their reports and or continue once they've gotten back to their desk? Uh, so we are, our solution is definitely mobile first. We are in our roadmap uh, this year do have this um, ability in our sites is it something that's available today? No. However, from a reporting perspective, yes. So if you're looking for detailed analysis, deep dive analytics, and being able to share dashboards and reports and email reports to different stakeholders, yes, that functionality exists. But this concept of transitioning from a mobile device, filling out half a form, and then I'll finish that form on a desktop, that's something in future consideration, but it's not something that we have available today. So for geotags, um, like pictures of, of our picture, picture or pictures of defects, uh, what are some other unique other than form filling um, features that are uh, potentially there for the end user? Yeah, we have a whole series. We've got, um, you can capture audio, uh, you can do sketching on top of images, you can do freeform sketches, you can capture signatures, you can scan on assets, uh, barcodes, QR codes. Uh, of course, the forms are smart, so they are contextual. They can have pre-populated data that's hosted in the cloud. So you can have um, the your your mobile users out in the field and you know, so certain things is from a control perspective, you know they're using the most up-to-date form with the most important, you know, data collection and compliance requirements. But you can also ensure that the data that is connected to that form, which is managed either in your back office or in the cloud, anytime you update that, it updates the forms automatically. So they're very dynamic, very smart, and virtually any capability that you have with the smartphone uh, we can incorporate uh, that type of medium into these forms. And as I mentioned, things that are very popular as well, uh, there are companies that have thousands of forms. So in the example I used, if there's a piece of equipment that's inspected rarely, you could have a embedded link to a YouTube video with details about that, uh, you know, the type of inspection, the piece of equipment. You can have hi uh, historical information pre-populated into a form. So when the when you you scan a piece of an equipment and you're ready to fill out the form, it could have the last time date 
the the sorry date and time that piece of equipment was um, inspected by which inspector who signed off uh, you know who's the supervisor that signed off at that date so very dynamic plus very contextual capabilities so if you're you're doing a room to room inspection and you you come across a certain compliance issue you can automatically have new fields open up based on the questions you answer versus having to flip through multiple pages. So they are very smart and very dynamic. Oh. Alan, you there? Sorry, uh, is this a standalone implementation or can it be e-linked to an enterprise database? Uh, so, I, again, one of the key differentiators uh, for us is that we are a solution that deeply integrates. I, I think Darby gave some tremendous examples of, you know, different initiatives they have on their side related to uh, enterprise asset management as well as uh, uh, ongoing initiative related to GIS systems. Um, so we... Out of the box, if you wish, we have point-and-click uh, integrations and connections to very popular cloud services or, you know, things like uh, secure HTTP or FTP services, Amazon, Box, uh, you name it. Uh, but we also do have an open REST API to make the connections to different, uh, let's say, more unique custom proprietary systems. Uh, you can connect it as well, by all means. Uh, where's the database kept, on-site or in a uh, ProntoForms cloud server? It is in the cloud. So our solution is um, hosted not unlike, uh, I would say, many um, uh, SaaS companies hosted on the Amazon cloud, uh, which is very robust, very rapid, and very secure. How much uh, bandwidth does the program take up? We run it. We run 29, I mean 39 tugboats that could potentially use a mobile platform, but with uh, restricted network availability. Would this be applicable to our kind of work? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, we have many. So, beauty of the solution is, of course, it does work online, offline. So, if you are in situations where you're offline, you can still access the form, fill out the form. Uh, and then when you click submit, uh, the form will sit in the outbox until uh, you're reconnected either in Wi-Fi and or back to the cell network. And from a capability perspective, the, the data, uh, the forms are very small in terms of transmission. And as an administrator, you have the ability, if you need to collect lots of rich data, you can actually set compression settings for the size of the photos. So through some very basic experimentation, uh, depending on the size, the cropping, the compression, we have customers that work in either, let's say, you know, 3G, um, you know, so not high bandwidth uh, cell net connections and or offline, and they still get great value from the product. Uh, and they... They, if they have certain groups and or whole teams that work in areas where signals are very low, they just adjust compression settings on images, uh, and that takes care of that. 
Hey, for our last question, is the product Android capable or strictly Apple iOS? No, so it does. Um, as I mentioned, uh, close to 70% of our customers use iOS, but there's no question we also do uh, work on Android. We've got many great Android customers as well, and it also um, we also have uh, support for Windows as well. So uh, we work on Windows, iOS, as well as Android. All right, thank you, everyone. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. I'm sorry we didn't get to everyone's questions, but all of today's unanswered questions will be forwarded to our speaker. Once again, I hope you take the time to fill out the evaluation survey on your screen to give us your feedback. That ends today's Safety and Health Magazine webcast. I'd like to thank Mark Scott, Darby Brennan, everyone at Pronto Forms, and Pacific Gas and Electric, as well as all of our listeners. Thank you, and have a safe day.